Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works post-game show. This is Chuck Smith and I am here to walk you through Germany's big 3-0 win over Iceland. It was a very, very impressive performance for the Germans. Something that I know a lot of fans were hoping to see. Obviously, coming into this one, uh, morale was not so high for the German fan base, but I will say that the boys went in and took care of business today and really handed Iceland a convincing loss. So let's just take a quick look at how things went down. And hey, it got started early behind one of Bayern Munich's best, Leon Goretzka. Uh, Joshua Kimmich actually started off the play with a beautiful ball, lofted into uh, Serge Gnabry, who posted up, passed it back to Goretzka, who then scored with an authoritative shot and gave Germany an early 1-0 lead in the third minute. But Germany would not stay off the scoreboard for long. Uh, once again, Kimmich initiated a play with a nice ball down the left side for Leroy Sané, who found Kai Havertz, who placed a nice left-footed shot on net from distance. Again, scored. So it was 2-0 early on. That was in the seventh minute, and Germany was firmly in control of the contest, something that we would see uh, basically throughout the day. Germany was dominant overall. Uh, and that's how the first half would end. And, and you had to be very impressed with the way that Germany came out and really controlled play in the first half, and things would not change much in the second half. Although the Germans did wait until the 56th minute to get on the scoreboard once again. Ilkay Gundogan stepped up, took a nice shot from distance, put it in the corner, and again, uh, Germany was able to capitalize on shooting from a distance and uh, having perfect placement on their shots. Gundogan put Germany up 3-0, and that's how the game would end. And uh, from that point, it really was about Yogi Love being able to start to rotate in some of his bench players. We did get a chance to see Florian Neuhaus, Timo Werner, Amin Yunus, and also Bayern's own phenom, Jamal Musiala. So on the day, if you were a Germany fan, you had to be really, really happy about how things worked out for them. And I'll say that you had to really be appreciative of the effort that the team put out. They were much more creative offensively. There was a lot of movement. Uh, the three forwards really did a lot of interchanging of positions. It was very fluid, and I thought that created a lot of issues for Iceland. I was very impressed with the way that Leroy Sané, Serge Gnabry, and Kai Havertz all interacted together and how they were able to play off of each other. So that was definitely a step in the right direction. The back line was also very solid. I think we saw Lucas Klosterman have a turn in a very good effort. Antonio Rudiger was good except for one very scary pass toward the end of the game. Emery Chan was also solid on the day. And, um, you know, I think that you really had to appreciate the job that Matthias Ginter did. Uh, just overall, very solid day for the back line. They didn't make many mistakes. They were able to thwart any threat that Iceland had. So you had to be very, very happy if you were a Germany fan to see how the back line held up today. But if you want to look at one area of the field that Germany really controlled, it was the midfield and, and the presence of Joshua Kimmich, Leon Goretzka, and Ilkay Gundogan uh, as a midfield trio, I mean, that was the difference in the game. They controlled the tempo of the game. They controlled the pace. 
they completely controlled play. Uh, everything was dictated from the midfield, both offensively and defensively for Germany. And I think Kimmich was just really the standout star. I know that Goretzka and Gundogan both had goals, but Kimmich essentially set up the first two goals and just overall on the day was magnificent. Uh, it was really one of his stronger efforts of the season, whether that was for club or country. Uh, every time you watch this guy play, you come away more and more impressed. And if you're not, then you're just biased against him because he, I think at this point, he's the best, most complete midfielder in the world. And, and I would argue that with anyone. Uh, and it was very interesting because obviously, you know, Tony Cruz had left camp with an adductor injury, and this created the opportunity for Yogi Love to be able to roll out that trio of midfielders, and they rose to the occasion. And, you know, I think this is a, a common theme for many Germany fans in that Kroos is a, is a legend. He's a He was a great player. Uh, he still has a lot to offer, but at this stage, he might not be one of the top three midfielders for Germany. Uh, in fact, I would go as far to say as I, I, if I was calling the numbers, I don't think he would be in my starting 11. And that's not as much a knock on him as it is credit to the three players that they currently have there. And that, of course, doesn't even include some of the other players that could fill a mid midfield role as well. Role as well. So um, just big credit to those three players in the midfield. And it'll be interesting to see what Yogi Love does when... Tony Kroos is back and he's healthy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, fits Kroos back into the lineup. Uh, on the day, you had to be very, very happy with the result if you were a Germany fan. Uh, you know, after what happened uh, last winter slash fall and, and how things appeared to be falling apart and the news of Yogi Love stepping down after the Euros, uh, a lot of things could have went wrong. But they did not. The players really rallied, uh, especially in light of what happened uh, earlier today with the COVID-19 scare that the team had. Uh, you could see that this team was focused on the task at hand. They didn't let any of those distractions get in the way. And I thought it was just an overall dominant performance. And, and I, for one, will give them a lot of credit for dealing with the COVID-19 situation the way they did. Uh, to see one of their teammates, Jonas Hoffman, uh, test positive and have to leave and then another teammate Marcel Halstenberg uh, be designated as a category one close contact um, you know both of those players having to leave camp uh, I'm sure that was a little uh, off-putting uh, and upsetting for the players it's it's not great time not a great time for that to happen when it when it goes down just hours before a game but Germany remained focused they played really well, and none of that seemed like it was on the minds of the players as they came out and just put forth a dominant effort against Iceland. Uh, and that's really all you can say. I mean, you, you had to walk out of that one if you were a fan and just be happy about it and look look forward to the next two games. Uh, you know, we have Germany has Romania and North Macedonia on the schedule, and both of those are very winnable games for Germany. But now it's a matter of reestablishing momentum re-establishing consistency and for Germany that's of the utmost importance they need to win these two games as they head into the Euros this summer they need to really re-establish themselves as a world power in football if they cannot do it if they cannot go to these two games and close them out in convincing fashion 
those doubts that have been there for months will come uh, streaking right back in everyone's mind. So let's hope that Germany can go through, put in two more convincing wins and head into Euros with a lot of confidence built up. And that'll about do it for us. We want to keep this one nice and short for you. Uh, this was Chuck Smith. You can always reach me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter, and you can always read my work at BavarianFootballWorks.com. In fact, why don't you check out all of our post-game coverage and our daily coverage of both Bayern and Germany that we feature every day. So thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.